Gabi Martinelli He comes from São Paulo and he plays for the Arsenal. Good morning and welcome to the Central Line. Just let you all know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Now if you come on down to Highbury, you can see Thierry Henry. He is the best player you will ever see. Thierry, Thierry Henry. Now if you come on down to Highbury. Hello and welcome to From Dale Square to Where, a much cheerier episode after the last time we were live, which was after three straight defeats, which uh, it seems like a bit of a roller coaster ride at the moment this season, uh, especially like the the last three or four weeks uh, alone. But got a couple of people yet to join us who are running a little bit late. Uh, so apologies about that. Apologies for starting late. But uh, at the moment, it's just myself and George. How are you, George? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Um, I've got my voice back a bit now. So, like the other day, I was uh, I sounded like Phil Mitchell with a cold. You were a pony, were you? A little bit of horse. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't even say a little bit. Like I could have won the Grand National. I was that horse. Like, I was, like, <laughs> you, you weren't getting nothing from me. But <laughs> it's good to good to be back. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on board, mate. It's great. I would love to have been there uh, like you. I mean, I bet the atmosphere was amazing. Just have a quick chat about that first and foremost, being in the ground. I mean, what was it like? Yeah, yeah, it was um, from where I was. I was in the family enclosure a bit, so because um, uh, tickets-wise, getting it, and but you could still hear the Ashburton army like from where they sit in and all that being really loud on the concourse. It was it was buzzing that it was big game mentality for me um mm. and it was all even like just before the game it was like um the atmosphere was good like even in the pubs like i was in a pub called the tollington and like it was absolutely heaving like just it's a different atmosphere at arsenal this season that like i've been yeah. other seasons and where it's been toxic even under Mikel and all that has been toxic. People ain't bothered. But now it's like belief's gone from the team through to the fans, and like you get the you get some fans. Like we won't go into that, but um, on the whole, I thought the atmosphere is quite. It's quite exciting being around the Arsenal community at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's part. You know the the horrible word, the process that Mikel keeps talking about. I, I, I think that, that a big part of that was to bring the fans closer to the team. Yeah, and I agree. I genuinely think that that's been probably the biggest success of his tenure so far. Not only... It's such a big divide. Like, the, yeah. the fans were nowhere near that club. Like, they were miles and miles. Like To think, putting it bluntly, if you wasn't a football supporter, for someone who's inexperienced, who's managing in their first ever managerial job to break that divide between the fans and the club he's done a bloody good job to be fair yeah, he really has I, I, say, <laughs> I, I genuinely think that that's his big, biggest success so far I mean yeah. if we got you know touching wood here if we do make it to the top four with this not only is it a big success you know in in regards to the previous couple of seasons with the, with the progress from eighth eighth and then jumping up to fourth 
But to do that in a season where he's turned over the pretty much the entire playing squad, um, as well as bringing the like I said the, the fans so much closer to the team this season as well, they're making this um, a much more difficult place to come to the Everett's. Uh, and obviously the away fans have been absolutely immaculate as well, been incredible. I always think they're the best away fans in the league. Really, to be honest, I always have done. But to 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 achieve what he's done. I think you've got to take your hat off to him, really. So, yeah, that's, that's um, unbelievable success. That, that and the uh, character around made. the club's changed as well. Like, just the, the whole, mm. we haven't got, we ain't got no cockiness or flashness around the club. Like, when we had the Bamiyam, Ozil, Kalazinac, people like that, mm. there's that cockiness. Like, you, talk, you hear any of these players talk, they're so level-headed, like, yeah. I was actually surprised how level-headed people like Saka, Smith Rowe. It's like they talk. I was listening to them and I was listening to, I watched the Rocky documentary. Yeah. And when you hear Riety, Rocky and all them not talk, it's very similar to that. Mm. Like, I know they're young, but even if you hear Erdegaard, for example, talk, they're level-headed. There's no, you've got Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale has been a huge bringing the players close and bringing the actual players yeah. close to fans. Yeah, like Ramsdale, White, Gabriel, um, Martinelli, and even Saka and Smith wrote. Like, mm. so on the whole, all right, yeah, it's not perfect to Arsenal at the minute. Like from the top to the bottom, I, I still have my issues that I think um, the Cronkies have only put their money where the mouth is. Once or twice, they've got to carry that on if they want us to be competing again. But all we can do is wait and see if we get top four and then see what happens in the summer. Yeah. So, but as a club, it's a fact. It's before you wouldn't, <clears throat> you wouldn't dream of taking like if you had a younger kid to the Emirates just because of how toxic a gang could just turn. Yeah. Like if it's, but now, I think it's quite a nice place to be around. Yeah, I've not thought that for about years, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, no, I believe I totally believe you, mate. It's a it's a completely different atmosphere. I mean, going back to the uh, the football side of things, I mean, yeah. Last time we did a live show, we were, you know, not in the best place. Let's put it politely. <laughs> um, <laughs> But my, how things change in the, in a week. I mean, just generally, I mean, how do you feel about and how do you think that things have changed so much after those three defeats for this young team to have the character, the strength of character to pull off the last couple of victories? It's pretty, pretty amazing, really, isn't it, that they've managed to do that? At such, with, the, with the youngest squad in the league, as was mentioned, with players that you know have been underperforming, to change it around and pull out these two performances, scoring seven goals against Chelsea away and three at home against Man United. I know we've rode our luck a little bit um, at times, especially in a Man United game, but overall we still came out with a you know four-two win and a three-one win against two of the historical you know big six sides. So it's been pretty pretty amazing couple of you know, couple of results really, isn't it? Yeah, um <laughs> like 
if you ever if people have to end up in counselling, I think Arsenal's top four battle is probably the main reason. Like you don't know where <laughs> it's such like a roller coaster. Like obviously the three defeats and everyone was like, I can't think I'm not being deluded here. I don't think there was an Arsenal fan think we'd be where we are now no. after that. And if they did think that then I think they're telling fibs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it shows the character of the whole football club in general. Like we made a couple of changes. Personally, I thought we should have put Xhaka, we should have kept Xhaka in midfield against Brighton, but mm. whatever that's happened now. Um, but these these young players have got this. Is what I mean with them being so level-headed, like they have a few bad results, but they still got that grittiness to get back and to get a good result we've not had that before no no definitely not for a long time that's what everyone's always said oh Arsenal are easy to play against no one says that now no no I think we were accused of having a soft underbelly for quite yeah, a long I don't time think we have that. no I think we've been training I think we've got our six-pack back we haven't yeah. got that soft underbelly all that fat's been burnt away now and which yeah. just revealed a rippling six-pack so I, I'm really, really pleased about that aspect of the team. I will yeah, say, though, I think a big, a big part of that, and I never thought I'd be saying this, is Mohamed El Meni. Yes, yes. Um, I was going to come on to him. Yeah. He's, uh, honestly, yeah, he's such a... I mean, I've, I've always... I mean, people that listen to this show will back me up on this. I've always been a, a fan of El Neni in the squad. I've never said that he should be, you know, our main starting midfielder. But as a squad member, he is hard to beat, really, because he, when he comes in, he's not one of these types of players who takes a while to settle in. He may take, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes of a game, for, but that that's by the by. But he's not one of these players that takes two, three games to get into their stride. If he's needed, he comes in and he does a really good job straight away. And... It's been said many times, but he never complains about being a squad member, about not having enough minutes. No. He's just really happy. You can see in his the way he trains, the way he plays, he's just really, really happy to be at this club and he's got a love for this club. So I, I think when it comes to the summer, I mean, I, I'm all for giving him a new, you know, couple of years um, contract. I him about as a you. Squad yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I'm, as it as he is now, um, so yeah, yeah. W- just to come in whenever he's needed. I'm not saying I want him to, no, to be our main midfielder. Come, if Partey comes back, he knows, or when Partey comes back, he knows that he's going to be back on the bench. Like he'll know. How many yeah, knows? Yeah, he's exactly. got five or six games that he'll play, and then that's his job. Like he's interview after the game. He don't want to leave. He said that. Arsenal's his family. He's already said. He said, "He know. I know what my job is." And I was saying this on another show last night with my friend. And I was like, "Everyone goes on about him, but when has he actually let us down?" From what I remember, so he's he's turned up these two games. When we played Manchester United the other year, he bossed Old Trafford. Mm. Um, so in the big games, when we played a big when we played the bigger teams like. I don't, I don't think he's ever let us down. No, personally. exactly. He's a steady... And I, I, just to say hello to, to Ryan. Like that. All right, Ryan's joined us. So, hello, Ryan, mate. How are you? 
Hey, Ryan. Yeah, good thanks again. Sorry for being late. Back to normal, normal was uh, yeah. resumed this normal, week. <laughs> normal service has been resumed, which is great. The world is going as normal, so that's just one thing to be grateful of. Yeah, I've just took me by bipolar tablets. Arsenal winning again. So last <laughs> last week, it is. It's like bipolar. One minute it's like we're going one way, then we go the other. Then uh, I know you want to keep football exciting, but gee, no, like just I've had enough now. Just. Stick Just to what you've done for the rest of the season. Lose three and then win the next ten. That'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. Get it, we'll, it all over and done with. <laughs> we're just talking about uh, El Nino in our midfield. El Perlo. <laughs> El Perlo. That name. That's the, it. Yeah. That's what someone the on Egyptian, Twitter's called him. El Perlo. Egyptian, the great, the Egyptian <laughs> Perlo. The greatest man in the Premier League. Yeah, greatest <laughs> Egyptian in the Premier League. The proper oh. Mohammed. <laughs> yeah. But he's a... Honestly, I, I, I'd be all for giving him an extra couple of years, without mm. question, as as to keep his role within the team now, we are just saying, Ryan, not to be, yeah. you know, not we're getting carried away after two games. But he's always been this type of guy who can come into the team after weeks or months without making an appearance and be good straight away. He doesn't take two or three games to get into his stride. So where, how are you going to replace him with someone who's happy to do his job and have his role in the team? We, we all want like four world-class midfielders, but you ain't going to get that in a squad because they all want to play and it's just it's just not going to happen. So to get someone to, to keep a squad place that, uh, as dependable as Mohamed mm. Elneny, who's not going to have to um, adapt to a new league, who's not going to have to, have to adapt to all his new teammates, moving home, etc., etc. He's he's already here. So, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, really, to give him another couple of years deal. I don't know about you. It's experience yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The youngster's like... Yeah, so I mean, what's your thoughts, Ryan? No, so I was going to say, I totally agree. I say, give him two years. Because, as you say, we've got so much other stuff to do in the transfer window. And if you look at the midfielders we are being linked with, the Nevises and Tielemans of this world, none of them will come in and be happy to take the role of what he's had. No, exactly. He's publicly come out and said he's happy to take a pay cut. He doesn't even yeah. want more money to state the Arsenal. And again, if I think he's... He's only on about 40 or 50 grand a week as well, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. Oh. I'd How many time. players have we heard say that? So I'll take a pay cut. <laughs> it's normally the other way. Exactly, you know, yeah. Names of Bamiyan, Ozil, And I just want to be clear, just once again, sorry, before just to butt in again, Ryan, before you... Uh, this is... When you talked about Tielemans and Neves or anything, it's re-signing... Elneny is not in place of that. No. We still want the Tiedemans, we still want the Nevers, but this is just as, as, as an extra squad player. Well, I said it in one of the group chats that we were in, Andrew, I said, because I um, mentioned you know, Tiedemans and Nevers this morning, I was like, can I be greedy and want to have both and still have Because mm. A, we're going to be, no matter what, we're in Europe next season, fourth or fifth, whatever, we're in Europe. We're going to need a squad, we need, we're going to need to bulk our squad, bolster, bolster our squad anyway. And if they get into what's, what's you know what's going to happen? We let Elneny go. We'll bring in these players along with keeping Jacko in, keeping Partey in, and we'll be and we we'll, they'll all get injured. And we we'll be back to having just just Sambi again. Mm, we need yeah. he, he, he doesn't complain. He's never complained about being a squad player, a second string. Even when he went out on loan, he didn't complain. He came back, 
had the point to prove. And in terms of him saying he wants to take a pay cut instead of a pay rise, when people talk about the uh, mentality and wanting to be at the Arsenal, that's someone who wants to be at the Arsenal that loves the club, loves, loves wants to be if, and possibly maybe I don't know how old he is now. Possibly he's twenty-nine. I think he's thirty yeah. in July. His last contract, really. His last, yeah, it'd be his last contract, basically. And this, he could, it's possibly he could retire at the end of that two years. But he's, he is a good player for worst case scenario if everything goes wrong, like we've seen now. Mm. This, this I think is, I might be the only one who's not that bothered about Neves. I just, oh, I just. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of Neves, but everyone raves about him. He's certainly a step up to what we've got. Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm a step up to what we've got, apart from Partey. But I just he don't like celebrating, does he, Neves? So he ain't gonna fit in, really. He might change. Imagine that we do sign and celebrate. The announcement video would be him celebrating. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be. What I said, Pulling a party popper. Video. Yeah. Get him at the Emirates, put the firework display on, light show, everything. I'd well over the top. Yeah, he's got one of those kazoo things in his mouth, a little party hat, a jaunty angle, and he pulls a party popper. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny. But, uh, I mean, I have to, we have to say as well, though, I know what you just said, apart from... You said, apart from Partey, you know, you everyone's a step up, including yourself, George, from uh, midfielder. But I'm quite a good midfielder, mate. We have to, we have to give Granite Xhaka a bit of praise at the moment because when it's due, yeah. when it's due, we're happy to give him a load of grief. But so we have to be on the other side of the coin as well when he's actually doing some really good stuff for us. And you can't say he's not playing well at the moment because he really, really is. Uh, he's honestly he's he's not getting booked at the moment, apart from a couple of stupid things like when he kicked the ball away in frustration. But he's not giving us any major problems on the pitch. He's actually playing really well, and right. you know he scored a thunder bastard against Man United, and that's always a good thing. But um, apart from that, he, honestly, he's putting in some really good performances. And I, I have to say, I was thinking earlier on today about this, about his general overall play, because I think he was really good last season as well. I think he's been even better this season. And when you think about it, I think he's 29 as well, isn't he? Mm. So when you think about it, over the last two seasons, I think we've seen Granit Xhaka in his prime, because he's been 27 to 29. That that pretty much is a midfielder's prime age, isn't it? Mm. So uh, I think we, we have had... Granite Xhaka in his prime for the last two seasons, which is is a funny situation, really, when it does come to the summer, as to whether you know you would keep him or whether you would actually get rid of him. Because I think we've seen his best years now. We've we've had him for six years. The first four was a struggle for everyone of, to watch him, <laughs> to say the least. I think the last two have been a much bigger step forward. I'm not saying he's ever, he's been 100% perfect for the last two years. However, I think we have seen the best of him. So it's going to be an interesting one as to whether he is I think it's one going or the other. Leaving. I don't think they get rid of Xhaka and Elmeni. I think not this summer. I think if Elmeni goes, Xhaka stays or vice versa. I can yeah. see more Elmeni going than Xhaka. Oh, I can. Um, I can out the two. It makes, makes sense. His contract is up. 
Granite Xhaka's got another year after this summer, isn't he? I yeah, and then like, they just fade them out like that. Like, because it, by sounds of it, we're, I know what Edu said, like, we're going for two marquee signings, but people, there was this, I was listening to some people have actually misquoted a bit what he said. He said that they're, going, they're mainly going to be looking at two positions, which I don't think we need to be rocket scientists to know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you think if you've got Thomas Partey, Sambi Lakenga, because he's going to be a year older, he's still young, like, and then you bring two more midfielders in, and either a Xhaka or an Elmeni, or they, or they might confuse us all and just keep all of them. Because um, I, I... we're playing the Champions League, we need a bigger squad, don't we? Well, we do, exactly, yeah. I think we do, and... Um... Another benefit of keeping Xhaka and Elneny, or at least one of the two, for another couple of years as well, is it gives um, Patino and Disease another couple of years yeah. experience and growth and experience yeah, you know, within the and team. And then they they come up, so then you've got your you've got your like turnover really. Yeah, and the, hopefully, if they're in an ideal world, they'd be ready to replace those two. If not, we've had another couple of years to have a good look at them and see whether they are going to be good enough in the long run. Yeah, we can make much. a de- we can make a decision on them, can't we? So as to whether to move them on or keep them. But that's something that you've got to take into account as well, because we have got a lot more good good youngsters in in the next crop. Haven't we've we? only got about eighty seven in the under twenty three, don't we? Exactly. Right. Yeah, about eighty of them are on loan with a new <laughs> Chelsea. I think. <laughs> I, I know. I know exactly. They've got quite a few to look. I mean, I found a good new podcast actually for anyone that's interested in the under twenty threes. Mm. It's called Away from Hale End, and it's very, very interesting. It's got goes in depth about all of the young players that are all out on I'll loan. Listen to that. Yeah, so it's all all the players we've got out on loan at the moment. It goes through them all in fine detail about exactly how they've been getting on. He's been watching all the games. I don't know how he's doing it. But he's been watching all the games. Gives you all the stats. And the great news is, I listened to the last two or three episodes, and Reese Nelson is actually ripping it up at the moment at Feyenoord. Really playing I well. I was going to say, I wonder if he's got a future at the club. Cause... It's really interesting, because I think that if they are properly taking note about how he's doing, which I'm sure they are um, at Arsenal, then... Yeah. If we did move on Pepe, which a lot of people seem to be completely convinced we are going to do, then whether he could come in and take Pepe's place in the squad, because what's the point in re-signing him, putting him out on loan to see how he gets on? And if he does brilliantly, not not bothering about that, because he's... There's no point, really. I've always liked Nelson, though. I've always loved... I've really liked Nelson. I've always really, really believed in his ability. And I'm, was, I'm delighted that he's actually doing really well. And he's in these semi-finals at European competition, the uh, the Conference League with Feyenoord, which yeah. is no mean feat for a club like them. I'm sure they're really, really you know, looking forward to that. Got a chance well, he's to meant to be the final. best out of He was meant to be better than Saka and Smith-Rowe when he was like coming through. Like, he was meant to be the best of the Howland like, project. Yeah. And then just not... He went to Hoffenheim, I think. And yes, then he was, yeah. He got injured. He played really well. He played really well there. And then 
Um, it just like he played for us a bit, didn't he? Like as well, like didn't he score against Liverpool in the yeah, he project restart? Mm. So, Arteta went on record as you know to show how much he loves him as a player. Yeah. Um, so, so you never be know. Very interesting. <clears throat> he may... He's still young as well, isn't he? Is he twenty three, twenty four? I don't even think he's that old. I think he's about. I think he's a year or two, a two years a cup maximum above Saka. So the maximum age, I think 22. he'll be, is twenty-two. Yeah, so. Because so um, yeah, let's face it, let's face it. Nicola Pepe is not playing many games, so to replace Nicola Pepe, you don't need a, another fifty, sixty, seventy million pound player, right? Because he ain't going to get in above Saka, so uh, Reese Nelson would be ideal. Because you can basically keep them or keep all the money that you get from Pepe, and put it into someone else. So um, you better more chance of getting them like a big, like another centre forward or midfielder. What they need exactly, exactly. They don't need a winger. As I've been having this argument, everyone keeps saying oh, we're getting a winger. I don't think we need a winger because you go through it. So the way they play. People that can play on the win, you've got Martinelli, you've got Erdegaard, you've got Smith Rowe, you've got Saka. Who's getting ahead of any of those at the minute? Exactly. And I, I don't think and we're then with wingers there. anyway. So, I don't think we're, they're classed as wingers in this club, are they? No. Either. They're, they're wide forwards. They're not yeah. really the wingers, like the old fashioned winger. I don't think we have any of those. I mean, probably Pepe is maybe the closest we've got to that. But even that, even Pepe, I, I think he's more comfortable further in field. Um, but did you say you found out? Was he Reese Nelson 22? Yeah, 22, born in 99. So yeah. he, is 20, he turns 23 on the 10th of December. Right. So you're still, you're always 22 until you reach 23. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah Matt, I know it's not to do with Arsenal, but Man City have scored already. <laughs> I've just yeah, seen really? it, yeah. De Bruyne. Yeah. So two minutes. Jesus. Blimey, that's not a bad start, is it? Against, it's Real Madrid they're playing, isn't it? Real Madrid yeah, yeah. in that city and yeah, literally uh, balls come in and it's and t- Courtois done basically his near post because it's it, the header's gone to his near post. But it's the point of a header and it's like three, four yards out. I think you know it's not your day. They're playing that, Arsenal's new striker as well, City. Jesus. Yeah, but he's he's not good enough for Arsenal, mate. <laughs> he's not good enough for Arsenal starting for Man City in the Champions League semi final. But um No, nowhere near good enough for our squad. <laughs> <sighs> idiots, honestly. But yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we can come on to that a bit later. But I think the um, moving back on to the, the two games, which is obviously what we're all here for, really mainly, just have a quick, mm. quick look back at that before we look forward and talk about other stuff. I mean, what are the key? Is there any key moments for you, Ryan, that, that sort of stick out for you when you look back on the Chelsea? And Man United games that you think maybe uh, were extra special for you in your memories, or whether whether there were sliding doors moments, things like that, that uh, really changed the game for us, either for us or could have turned it against us. I mean, there's a few contentious decisions, weren't there, with regards to penalty Mm. shouts and obviously Mm. the missed penalty by Fernandez and things like that. But you know, uh, there was some good, there were some really good performances overall, weren't there? Yeah, overall, yeah. I think the, for, in terms of going, going back to Chelsea in the Thursday night, go back to that's the first game, and go back to that first. I think the, excuse me, the, the turning point now was after we, was getting that 
I can say it's gifted to us and all, but Eddie still takes the chance, like putting us three two up. Yeah, it's how we reacted afterwards. We didn't do what we did in the first two goals and go, "Oh crap, old oh, crap," and just fall away defensively and allow Chelsea back into the game. We actually started yeah. seeing the game out properly and creating more chances and actually looking more threatening as well going forward. Yeah, what the for the final nail in the coffin was obviously the. the the penalty that was given, Saka, I mean, that's his first, again, I keep saying it, that's his first penalty he took on Thursday night since last summer. Mm. And I was saying on the live stream, was, after everything he got... Was that his to, first ever Arsenal penalty? Yeah. 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 Uh, after everything he been, <laughs> Yeah, not too bad at all, but after everything he got put through <laughs> by idiots and trolls online last year, after what happened in the summer, yeah. for him to then come back and actually go, Win a penalty, not just win it. Go, no, I'm going to take it. I want it. No, no one else is having it, and score it, and then to do it again on Saturday as well. That shows he's got a massive pair of stones. Put it that way, and you know, because there's something else we've, we've been accused of in years gone by with the likes of Troy Deeney, the lack of cojones in our team. But he's a kid again. We've got to remember the likes of Saka and all they're kids. They're still going to be learning their trade at this point of their career. And again, we're just being heavy reliant on them in the key moments, and they're stepping up time and time again. It's very rarely they do let us down, yeah. even when they're having bad games to their own standard. And I think he's with Saka himself. He's made that position his own now. It's, and it's I think that's what's making it even worse for Pepe is that when he when Ozzy and Pepe arrived, Saka was the understudy, and obviously Saka's come along and gone. Under our tent and more so, obviously, and gone. No, that's mine now. And I don't yeah. know how. And Pepe, I think Pepe doesn't know how to react to that. And hence why we're seeing you... very rarely start. But I don't know does... he... Sorry, go on. Beg your pardon. <clears throat> but when he Carry does, come... to be fair to Pepe, most times when he does come on, he is he is still performing. Don't get me wrong. He is he obviously the... going back to that Wolves game more recently, where he came on, got the goal back. I think he got the assist, didn't he, for the left, the young goal, the winning, the winning goal. He did, yeah. He came on, yeah, got the goal and assist. Performance is in, but it's not to the same. And obviously, when you got Saka, even when he's at his worst, still putting in performances. It's very hard for managers to then go, you're not the same standard, but I'm going to give Pepe a run out or someone else a run out on that position and drop you. So it's, I do feel for Pepe in that sense, but in the day. What can he do when he's got someone like Saka who's in that form of no matter what, he's basically one of our best performers game in, game out, even on his worst day. In terms of Manchester United, we rode our luck, let's not get it twisted. We were tuning up, then we got, we got a bit uh, sloppy at the back and let him back into the game. The, the first 20 minutes of the second half, I was so stressed, you would not believe. It was just, obviously, you had, the, you had the penalty that was given, and it was just like, okay, that's, that, that, we got away with that. I was like, okay, that's the first, that's a warning sign. Stop messing about, Arsenal. Get your head at your backside, defend, and push on. And then, the, and then obviously, Ronaldo's uh, goal, but talk about the first side, and I thought, that's it, that's it now. No, can you please stop messing about? It's just stressing me out now. But I think that, them two moments there, more so the penalty miss from Fernandez. They that was that was that moment where the game sort of swung back in our favour. 
Yeah, definitely. Took a couple more minutes to get back in because obviously they did score and put the ball back in the net, but it was offside. But once we got really pro- regained control of that game, you could you could only see one winning in that game, mm. and thankfully, thankfully, uh, the likes of Granite were on the pitch to put that ball away, but also Nelly for winning the ball back to get the assist. Because because the ref didn't want to give us anything because we sort of had a penalty. Let's be honest, in that build up, Saka it's Saka. Yeah, it was a handball. No ref was like, no play on. So Nelly's on oh, back off, and Saka got one touch out of his feet and just. I don't care what anyone said. Eddie wasn't offside anyway. Because no matter what anyone says, was it Phil Jones or um, Lindelof? Lindelof, sorry. Were standing exactly in the same position in front of Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's like, they can't call it offside. I don't care what anyone said. And we sort of saw the, again, we just saw the game. And again, that's the, these are the positives that we're seeing in Arsenal the menta- in, terms of that, in terms of that mentality change in the big moments. And then... Another thing that's happened this season we haven't met, really mentioned is that we are beat, we are now winning away to the, the so-called big six. Something we mm. struggled, with, something we were struggling to do for over five years until Old Trafford last season. That was only once last season. I think we've done we've got, uh, Liverpool and City aside. We've got Tottenham coming up. We've beaten Chelsea. We should have beaten United, but we're starting to rack up points now at these teams instead of us allowing them to win three points every time we play them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the big one, I think if, look, if we can do that, if we can get this as a next ne- few weeks time, get that three points at the, that place, um, it wraps it up for me. It, no matter what no matter what the points difference is after that game, I think it wraps it up for us. If we got them well, I think we're going to be well ahead of them before that game kicks off as well. Um, with the intervening couple of games, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, same thing to you, really, uh, George. I mean, I, I, I think you can't. I think we're going to look back, you know, in if the best thing happens, Touchwood, and we get the top four. Yeah, I think it, we'll look back on this season and think of that penalty miss. And Ramsdale's celebration in front of Bruno Fernandes. It was like Keown all over again, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. I, I think we're going to look back on that moment as a real key moment this season, which got us. Because remember the penalty miss during the Invincibles season, 2003, Roy. Yeah. That was a big key moment. Otherwise, if that if you hadn't missed that and hit the bar, we wouldn't have gone in unbeaten and wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have the Invincibles. We probably would have still won the league, but we wouldn't have had the Invincibles. So hmm. it could be a good key moment for Mikel Arteta's Arsenal that that penalty miss didn't go in because that really could have changed the momentum of the game, couldn't it? Yeah. 2-0, yeah. oh, wow. Jesus, as well. <laughs> Not good enough for Arsenal. Not good enough for Arsenal. Not good enough for Arsenal. No, shit, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, so... I was trying to come. I was thinking of it. Do you remember when we had Unai Emery and we were oh, going for I top try four? Not, I really try not to remember. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do, unluckily. Yeah. It's Morgan's boyfriend missed a penalty at the North London derby that cost it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's very, very similar. Um, Fernandez's miss. Could that be the luck we need? Sometimes you have luck. You can't beat teams all the time like because you're better than them you got to have luck like no disrespect look at Liverpool the luck they get 
Mm. Um, the weekend just gone, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, if I make about penalties at, at the Emirates, like, watch that at Liverpool game, oh, that's not a penalty. Like, I'm blind and I saw that. <laughs> I just, I just, um, but there's that penalty for me when I think the best thing that was for us was that Ranić don't have a clue what he's doing or that the players don't like each other because yeah. but why the hell is Ronaldo not stepping up and taking that penalty I don't know um, there's too many egos I think it's very yeah. similar. What, what Apparently, kind of... he was he he was happy for him for Bruno to take it because, yeah, apparently because of everything that's happened to him and you know he is now that he's missed it because every now and like to say like just I'll just take. <laughs> well, yeah, and no, I think it, obviously you got to remember even Ronaldo is not a machine. You, though he looks mm. like it and he acts like it, he's he's had some pretty horrific a... things happen to him in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so yeah. as we all know, and I think he was quite happy for Bruno to take that pen. But talking about Ronaldo as well, just quickly going off on a tangent, George. I mean, yeah. people are going on about the goal that he scored against us was being really poor defending by Tavares and Gabriel and so on. But I, I sometimes you just got to take your hat off to the, to the opposition. It's a brilliant ball that really did fool the, the goalkeeper a little bit because he did come out for a stride thinking he was going to go for that ball realising it was curling away from him perfectly. But then you've just got to take your hat off someone. that It's Ronaldo. I mean, he, he finished that. He, he ghosted in between you know, those our defenders and done them like a kipper. You have to, and sometimes you just have to say, yeah. yeah, fair play, that was a really good goal. I, I don't put too much blame on our, on our defence no. for that particular goal, in all honesty, because it was, I think it was a moment of class. I could have defended a tiny bit better for me, but Ronaldo makes people look bad as well. So he does, like, yeah. He can he... be put, you could, like, if that's any other striker playing for Man United or whoever, I don't think that's a goal. And not no. in that way, anyway. But, no. like, Ronaldo no. can just do one split thing and he's making people look silly. So, yeah. he he's was obvious. The best he likes to Arsenal anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think he was the best player on the pitch. He he was he played brilliantly against us. I, I thought think, Alex Tellez played quite well for us. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> definitely. For them, I don't know. I thought Alanga and Sancho looked like they give a bit of a damn for them. Not like apart from that, like I thought for for them, I thought um, Bruno Fernandez was poor. Like all this. Like, I'm not even joking. I didn't even know they'd done this stupid hop, skip and a jump thing. I thought he was entering the Olympics at the start of it. Like, <laughs> no, it was like a, yeah. like a triple I jump. I hate that so much. Being like an yeah, old just, school fan, like yeah. an old school football fan and all that, I I hate that. I yeah, hate that. Take the penalty, bang, done. It's not, well, don't need to do hop, skip and a jump. It's not strictly. like Saka showed him how to do it. Yeah. You know, Nketiah showed Lukaku how to play centre-forward. Saka showed Fernandez how to take penalties. I never thought I'd be hearing that conversation. That exactly. <laughs> no one did. No one did. He, honestly, one thing yeah. I'll say about Saka's penalty as well, um, I think it took more bottle than Man United penalty than the Chelsea one. And the reason I say that mm. is because of all the stuff that happened before. Like, 
where we thought Enchetia got his goal, and then obviously VAR re- works really, really quick, doesn't it? So um, <laughs> we was awesome. waiting there at twenty minutes when the place where they look at him is like only at Heathrow, but um, he had to step up and then to just put that in the penalty, like in the goal against Chelsea. He kind of won it himself, didn't he? I know he won that penalty, but there wasn't no VAR ball crap before, so. It's not a bad record, is it? You take two penalties for your club, Chelsea, Man United, first two penalties and scores them. So Exactly, yeah. Against yeah. two of the better keepers as well, and people forget about that. Like Mendy and De Gea ain't no mugs in goal. I know he, De Gea can't save penalties, but he's still a good goalkeeper. He saved two this season, apparently. They said in the commentary. It? Yeah, because he didn't save the in the Europa League, did he? I no, no, exactly. I mean, he showed he showed a lot of maturity taking them, but he also showed a lot of maturity where he put them as well. First one, he, t- he took it to the left of the goalkeeper, to our yeah, right. Yeah, he didn't just stick to the And same. then he stuck it in the, the left-hand side, sent the goalkeeper the wrong way, the second one. so The only thing I was a bit thin was, um, I laughed at it, but it was Ramsdale. Like, the way he, he cheered, I thought, mate, you didn't even save the penalty. <laughs> I know, but do you know why? He was forever... But yeah, it's it's part of the mind games, mate, because he knew that he would get straight into his head after doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was... it was an amazing save what he made. Uh, was it? I don't oh, know if it was mate. after that or something. But like, yeah, that's the beauty that. of Ramsdale. Absolutely so, underrated. His distribution play. for me is quite poor at the minute. I don't think he's as high in his confidence um, as he could be, but he's still, for me, one of the signings of the season. Easily. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, without doubt. He's he's bound to have a bit of fluctuations in his... Mm. I, th- I think he's coming back into form, to be perfectly honest. He's showing... Yeah. I think he's been fairly below stand, his standard, his high standard that he set himself. That's his problem as well, right? He's, but I think he's coming so back. Exactly, yeah. Mm. But I think he set his own high bar. He's been below that for the last few weeks. But I think against Man United especially, you started to see flashes. I know he had that one pass that went astray. But he started to come for things and be more confident on crosses and um, and taking control He's of situations again. He's been working again. on crosses as well in training. So I was watching a video you now when they do the training. Mm. And uh, this mm. was two weeks ago. And they were doing like, shots and all that. And some I don't know who it was, but someone's proper wallet one. And Leno made quite a good save. And Ramsdale shook his head, and then Ramsdale went in goal, the same shot, and he tipped it over the bar, and, like, and Ramsdale. So, so, and he was their practice. I think picking out from the box has been a bit hit and miss, mm. but um, like he nearly set, uh, like he nearly passed, or he did pass it to Bruno, didn't he, at one time? But yeah. Yeah, but that was the, if you're going to pass inside. it to anyone at the minute, pass it to Bruno because he can do fuck all with it, so he'd be all right. Well, he's but, right. His name isn't it, Bruno? Like he's <laughs> just he's dived off that cliff, and I just. <laughs> I, just I still, I thought Erdegaard was amazing on Saturday yeah. again. I retweeted a, an um, interview with him earlier on today that um, with Astro Sports with. Oh, what's it? Um, the Harland stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it's obviously not just about that, but he, he speaks yeah. so well, that guy. He's got to be our captain next season for me. He really, really has. Because he, he's he he's got broad enough shoulders to take it. He's got all the right attributes, and he could be our yeah. 
captain for the next 10 years. He's been captain last couple of games, hasn't he? And I think he's mm. proper stepped up as well. Majorly. Majorly. He's... Like, uh, it's amazing what happens. Uh, we've been saying that for a while. Drop Lacazette and you might see it. It's amazing, isn't it, really? Well, this so, is the other thing. Yeah. I mean, this is the other conversation similar to El Nenny's is situation with Enketia because we all know that we, we've lost Aubameyang. We're going to definitely lose Lacazette in the summer. Obviously, Enketia's got a, he's out the door basically because <laughs> of his contract. <clears throat> so we're going to be down three. But uh, same sort of situation. If I don't think he would... He's not got the same sort of aspirations, because, quite rightly so as well, because of his age. As El Nini, he doesn't want to be on the bench. He does. He wants to be playing first team football, and it's it's almost a shame that we can't keep him in the same way that we could keep El Nini if we could use him as our third choice striker for cups and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think it's going to be what he wants. So I do really want him to finish the season really strongly, be our hero, get us score us the goals to get into the top floor, and then we can, uh, you know. Cheer him off because I, I'm a bit I, harsh like that because I um with Inketia I want him to do really well but I just think Arteta's using him because that's all we've got. So I don't think I wouldn't keep Inketia in the summer. Personally, I, I don't I think, think it's the right thing better, to do. No, yeah, I don't think it's the right uh, thing to do anyway for his own sake. You just got to keep. We have to use whoever we've got. And if they get you to top four, then great. You say thank you, and then good luck in the future. If he scores five or six goals and gets a move to Brighton, fair play. But yeah, yeah, I think I, my ideal... I, I don't my... see him Ketiar. I'd be shocked if he stays in the summer. Yeah, yeah no, I, I will. I think he's out the door as well. I think for him as well, it's as you say, his motive, he's got a one sec. He's got to. Do his part to, to show any suitors out there that he, he can actually put a shift in. He can't. He, 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 can't he doesn't. No one's going to want him. That's what I'm saying. But he's got to do that to show that he yeah. is good, he is good enough for Kate enough to play this at Premier League level because that's what he has to play at. Yeah, at the top level and all that. So there's a motiv- there's motivation there as well for him, and he's got to use this use his last five games because. I wouldn't change something. I think mean Andrew, me and yourself said on over on my podcast a few weeks ago that, along with Steve, um, that we would, in terms of going forward, take Nakasetti's take, rest. He was screwed, literally he's like he's run himself into the ground. He's played too many games. It started to tell, and the I only agree other option was either. Play, <laughs> yeah, the only other options were either play in replacement with Eddie or put Pepe down yeah. the middle. He's put Eddie in. And since he's done that, he scored two. Was it yeah, two goals against Chelsea? He had a goal talked off for offside against United, but he's put he's, he's putting the ball in net now, and he is actually yeah. with the system we're playing. Help is he, better fitting the likes of Odegaard because he's got that play, got that he, with a bit of pace that runs that can stretch the defence. Yeah, mm, he looks really exactly. threatening as well for me. Like yeah. I'm not being to give him a chance. That's why, but I just like. <clears throat> if we do get top four and you look and it does sound really harsh, but I don't mean it to be, but like realistically in that top seven, what would Inketia get in any of those teams on a week in, week out? And I don't think he would. No. No. But no. well, no, he might get in at Man United to be fair, but <laughs> that's just been harsh on him. 
He might get in ahead. <laughs> I think he'll get in ahead of Lukaku as well. To be fair to, him at the moment. Yeah. But um, no, I think that, um, he's. You know what I say? A good shout for him, West Ham. And Tony has been on now. Mm. He's he's a different breed of striker. Why not? Yeah. Compared to Antonio, I mean. Well, the, Antonio's the only one they've got, isn't he? At yeah, natural centre forward. You know, it's like 30, if you go in there, that's seventh. There you go, because West Ham is seventh. So, there's my point. Like, he, he's not at that. Even if he scores five or six goals, I'm, in out the top, top, I'm just saying out, out of the top seven, you know, that'd be a good yeah. shout. He stays in London. He ain't got to move anywhere. And I wish um, him all the luck in the world. Like, I do think he he's been treated not that great. Like, Lacazette's been playing week in, week out for far too long when Nketiah should have been given a chance probably a, a while ago. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be dedicated to third striker, but I just don't see it happening. Because no, he won't been, want that. No, he like Elneny, he's, he's, not, he's not at the same sort of stage of his career as Elneny is. Yeah. And then he's happy you to... can't blame him, can you? Like, if he thinks he's got, like, <clears throat> no disrespect, he's got a good ch- There is a chance he could break to the England squad. Like, if he was playing week in, week out, scoring goals. Because there ain't, apart from Kane, who else is there that's that all that as a striker for England? There isn't many. I think he's better than, uh, well, I'll say, I think he's better. That's not correct. I think he's got the, a ceiling that's just as high. If not better, maybe in the long run than um, Ollie Watkins, for yeah. example. Hmm. Your mate, uh, yeah, my <laughs> mate. I mean, Tammy Abraham's ahead of him clearly at the moment. Yeah. But um, anyway, you need to go now, don't you? Uh, yeah, George, because you've got another yeah. podcast that you've promised another to go show. on at half past seven, half past yeah. eight. Sorry, I beg your pardon. So, um, me on. Thank you for coming on, mate, and. Uh, just another opportunity to give your podcast a shout out before you go. Yeah. So um, if you don't follow us, we're on Twitter. We're at Mania. We um, have the YouTube channel, which is called Sports Mania. Um, I'll get Andrew to put the link of it in here because it's really hard. There's like two or three of the same name. Um, but yeah, we have, we've been doing Premier League shows. Got a lot of stuff being planned and prepared for the summer with special guests and stuff like that and if you ever want to get involved just feel free and if you want to get involved follow me at, I had to change my name because I kept getting the Twitter handle when I was advertising <laughs> I wondered why you did that <laughs> and so now I'm uh, at Clockend George because it's a lot easier than what it was so yeah. give us a follow and I will remember. I, I promised to do it last time you were on, George, and I can only apologise. I completely forgot to put you the Sorry, link mate, to your the YouTube day, channel. It is. It's the old house. <laughs> the old. Uh, yeah, I get it. It is. I can't uh, say it. I can't. I can't argue against it, mate. So I'll. Uh, I'll put a note to make sure that I do that this time. Cheers, so, mate. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see you again next, you next time. Cheers, mate. Um, that was George. These are just the two of us, mate. But yeah, I, I it's going to be a tough one, really, because in an ideal world now, then with Ket and Ketia going, I do. I, I'll just echo what George said quickly. I do hope he really scores a few more goals, gets us into the top mm. four, 
and gets a good move on the back of it because I want to see him do really well. And um, yeah. those two goals he scored against Chelsea, I, I don't believe Lacquer scores them. No, it's bit, oh, no, I can't say that, he, he was definitely no. not the first one. First one, he was first one. Well, the reason why Eddie gets that one because he's got the pace. Eddie <laughs> Lacazette, with all due respect, he says he done his ankle a couple of years back. He's lost that pace. What, what pace he did have in his game? He's lost that. Mm. So he would have been caught out. He would have been caught up easily by uh, Christensen and I can't remember who else it was. I think that's as per quite But he would have yeah. been caught out. If, if, even if not, he would have still fucking skied it into Rose Z probably or something yeah. stupid. And that's, again, that's another, that's another nod to Eddie that he had the uh, the composure to finish that off the way he did. It was a really he had, good. He, he, wasn't, he, he had a bit to do. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an easy finish. Even, even, even the second goal, one set. Oh, Vinicius, they fucked it. Um, even yeah, even Eddie's second goal. Sorry, that. That could have, that could have quite easily gone wide. You know, he's 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 all, he's all bouncing over the place, ping pong. He threw, he literally has three studs at it, and thankfully it just it went in, mm. and the goalkeeper didn't react. For it. But even then, it still takes a lot composure wise to put that away. I, I've what I said about Eddie a couple of seasons ago, like he did remind me of um, you know a good penalty box striker, like a real young raw sort of Ian Wright at the mm. time. He's not had his chance really to prove it. I mean, I've, I don't know. I've always been the advocate, as you, as you know. I've probably done your head in. Everyone else is heading about when I say about players need runs of games to get into form. Mm. He's no no different. He's never had that. But that was a sorry. I was, I was just, sorry, I'm just going to say quickly that second goal against Chelsea that was pure Ian right for me. Mm. It really was. Things, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm not saying he's going to get to that level of course but that's the type of striker he is and um mm. the first goal when he ran onto it pressurized the defender broke forced the forced the uh, error ran onto it that was that was also you could see in right in that couldn't you yeah yeah very exactly. much so so uh, i do want him to do really well but anyway that leads me on to really the the, the issue I, I it's whether they think that Balogun has done enough in this loan with Middlesbrough because mm. he's another one that they've been talking about on that podcast I mentioned earlier, um, away from Hale End podcast. Um, and they've been singing his praises a lot about uh, his performances since he's been there. But it's mm. whether the club think he's done enough during this short loan spell to be the one to take over Eddie's role within oh. the squad at the moment. Yeah. So that's going to be a really interesting one because I can't see us buying three strikers, you know. I really, really no. can't. Honestly, I mean, when would that... That would be a first. I mean, so I surely, with Nketiah going, which you can understand, I, it's got to be Balogun to, to take that role unless they promote someone like Mika Bira for... Mm. someone to be the third striker because we do need them. We've shown that we need them this mm. season. And we've shown that we need that third striker this season. The third striker is playing at the moment as we speak, you know. So it's, we've got to do it. We've got to replace Eddie as well as Laka, as well as Abamian. It's going to yeah. be an interesting one. Yeah, it is. And I don't, as you say, I don't see us. I don't see the club going out and buying three strikers, midfielders, the midfielders we need, etc. I mean, I personally, normally in an ideal world, I don't. I, I would loan Balogun out. For another season, but in the circumstances that we're in, 
why not just keep him as a third choice and play him in the League Cup early rounds and depending on what we get in the group stages of Champions League if we go to qualify for that, play him in the play him in the uh the the, 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 the games where we've already qualified hopefully we qualify and all that. If we qualify that game or two in advance, play him in them games and things like get him experience there. But in the meantime to play him in the League Cup, now him just on his toes prepared to uh be called upon if and when needed for the first mm. team. And just bringing two strikers, as, as as we've been talking about recently, one of them looks like to be Jesus from what we've been told and hearing about in various places. Um, and, and, and whoever else has to, happens to be the next, the other striker, let them come in, battle it out for number one. And then, as I say, he could be the one that comes, as you say, be something to that Eddie role, that if and when needed, if injuries come along or suspensions or whatever, he's there ready to take his chance, basically, because it'll, it'll come. Because next season, look, we're, going be, we're, going, we're going from this season where we're playing, what, f- just sorry, 40 games. Mm. Think, uh, just over 40, sorry, because obviously 38 league games, mm. the FA Cup going out 39. So, yeah, just around 45, 46 games we played this season. We, we would have played by the end of the season in all, in all comps. We're going to go from that going back and then go all the way back to playing 60 plus games 2-1 guess oh, who's wow. going <laughs> Benzema uh, Benzema yeah <laughs> I was just about to say you're blimey is it a good the, one the only person that played the only, the only person that scores from Real Madrid apparently whenever I, whenever I put him on <laughs> the, only person, the only one that ever scores was it a good goal it was actually really good really well taken and as you expect from a senior a season pro like him Again, not good enough for Arsenal a few years ago, apparently. Remember, we were linked to him. <laughs> and our fan base went, what are you doing? What are you doing? For? He's, a, he's, a, he's a downgrade from Giroud. Yeah, uh, exactly. Really. But um, no, I was going to say, literally, as I say, we're going from 40, sorry, 45, 46 games, whatever, to playing over 60 games next season. So... He will get his moment, and when he does do that, when that does come along, he's going to have to. T- he has to be ready to take it because if he doesn't, Arteta will be ruthless and say, "Well, you had your chance. You got to mm. wait and get the next one." Yeah, you know. Also, we've got to talk about our, you know, rivals for the top four. Then lock down the road in the, Armitage, in the Armitage Shanks <laughs> Arena, just quickly because. It always coincides, well, no, it doesn't always coincide, but it, it's it's just funny how our upturn in form over the last two games has coincided with them having two games where they failed to mm. put one shot on target in 180 minutes of football. And <laughs> and literally a, a week ago... Easier running. I know, a week ago, <laughs> no, no, they're, you know, they're going to win every game. We're going to lose every game. Can't see another win for us. Can't see them losing another game because they've got an easier run in, blah, 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 blah. And it's it just shows you how quick things can change in football. You know, how, yeah. uh, you know, and, I well, I said it to you, didn't I? I knew that they yeah. were going to struggle against Brentford. And um, yeah. it's going to be so critical. It looks like it really is going to come down to that North London derby, which... I mean, it makes me feel sick already, to be honest with you, because I hate London, North London derbies anyway. The run up to them, I, I don't, that's I can't I'm... enjoy a North London derby until the final whistle, if no. we've won. Well, that's, and... this, is, this is what this is why I'm sort of oh, there's a sub coming. 
this is why I'm sort of thinking ahead in terms of I've said last night on my on my podcast, the next two games going into that game, that North London derby for both teams is going to be huge. We've obviously we've got to do our bit against West Ham and Leeds. We've got to win, but we win their both them games. Obviously, no matter what, we're going into that North London derby fourth still, but we do need Liverpool. To, we we expect Liverpool to win that the Anfield fixture, but also Leicester. To, even even let's take a point on on the weekend. Give us a bit of previous and again as long as we do what we've got to do in terms of win mm. our game, it gives us a bit, a bit of brief, not a complete previous, but a bit. And you, and you consider after that North London derby, no matter what happens, uh, Tottenham played Burnley, and Burnley still might have something to fight for in terms of survival. So there, there's, oh, there's, 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 do, banana, yeah. there's a banana skin there. We've got Newcastle the following, the following day, I think, on Monday night. So yeah, I think if we can get a, a bit of a buffer and be able to in a worst and, and say worst case scenario a, a draw, whatever nil, a dull nil nil or one all or two all, it's still a good good result for us. I think that sees us over the line, and then because of the next two games respectively, no matter what, I mean Newcastle they'll be on the beach in one sense most of their players would know that at the door anyway so we still get food out on a Monday night under the nights sure be on shift word and then we're at home the last game of the season we're at home partisan crowd as well Everton could be getting relegated and Frank Lampard are even more of a partisan crowd because it's Frank Lampard at the helm I wouldn't um, be surprised if Frank's yeah. been sacked before then I wouldn't be. I'm surprised he's sitting on the job, to be honest. But that's another matter for another day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, if I mean the best case scenario is we beat West Ham, we beat Leeds, and Spurs lose the next two games, and we go into the North London derby eight points up. Yeah, <laughs> on them. <laughs> and Sky's plans. Sky's plans go out the window. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that'd be amazing. Well, did you does... then? In that case, a point would actually put. Would mathematically give us that full spot on the day, and that would, that would kill them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually you'd true. Watch, you'd what you'd you'd, you'd see in the next couple of days as well. Afterwards, all the all the salty fucking Tottenham fans coming out going, "If we play this back in January, this wouldn't be happening." Well, it would be amazing if that happened. <laughs> but I can't. I mean, Leicester. Leicester sort of have got to have one eye on the yeah, semi-final, haven't they? I think it depends. I think it does depend on what happens on Thursday against playing Roma. So it's not going to be an easy game for them. If I say if they are, if they if they are two goals down in that, after the first leg, I think they go full they go full worst full strength against Tottenham. And if they mm. do, even even then, it's we're seeing any team that sort of it puts a low block in or plays similar to how Conte wants these Tottenham team to play. They can't break them down. But as in no. Tottenham can't break the opposition down. We've seen it against Brentford. We saw it against Brighton. To, to have no shots on target over two games until people still think they're gonna have a, they're, they're gonna do it is beyond my like how do you think that? I know. That's not being biased anyway, that's just being logical and saying it as a normal football fan. That that, that, that shouldn't be happening. They shouldn't the only reason why they're in the position they're in, it's because how poor Man United have been and how we, because we dropped, if we hadn't dropped off as well, if we still won these last two games and we, but we got seven points 
out of the other three games we lost, best worst case scenario, seven points. Yeah, we'll be clear of them already. We'll be fucking way ahead of them. Well, I mean, even three three points, four points, anything would have been good out of those three games. You know, I mean, obviously we wanted to win them all because of the who they were, and no disrespect. But... And that's what I'm saying. It's other teams, it's other teams, including Arsenal, with all due respect as well at times, or inconsistencies that have kept them in of a chance. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you look at their squad, the ages of their squad, hmm. the fact that they've got the England captain and, the, you know, Son and the, the manager they've got, and you look at the squad that we've got and the players that we're having to play at the moment and a rookie manager still and so forth. You know, we, we should have no right to be above them. You know, we shouldn't really no. have no, any right. But the fact that we are is is a massive credit to to everything that's going on at the moment and oh, exactly. the, the exactly. massive change around we've had this season. And I, was, oh. I, was, I don't know whether you were, were you on the show, I think it was before you joined us when I was talking to, to George and I said mm. one of Arteta's biggest achievements since he's been at the club is the way that he has brought the club closer together with the fans again mm. this season. And well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the fans in the ground. George was there against yeah. Man United, and you know that I don't think the fan team relationship has been as strong as this for over time. a decade. You know, a long, 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 long time it's been since. It's, and I think that's the early started. Yeah, first moved in. and and I think personally, I think the, you know the horrible word, the process. I think a massive part of that process was to do this, was to bring the club back to to the fans mm. and to have that relationship back again. Mm. And I think that that's one of his biggest achievements that he's, that he's done since he's been at the club that's gone unnoticed by the, the wider media. But I think the Arsenal fans, the true Arsenal fans and the fans in the crowd, in the crowd home and away, they realise that that is um, a massive, massive thing that's come back. Even during the, the three-game losing streak we had recently, mm. the fans were still backing the team, backing the manager, singing his name. And that takes an awful lot, really, because we know how toxic our fan base can be at times. Mm. So that's a lovely thing to have. Yeah, exactly. As you say, things like the toxicity of our fan base, we saw that back in the Wenger's time for the last decade of Wenger's time, that side of things. We saw it under Unai Emery how quickly we the, the fan base turned on him when things went start going wrong there after after his first full season, bottling the fourth spot and all that by a point, and getting humiliated in uh, Europa League final. How the fan base has switched their the perception of him basically, and again for for a rookie manager as you say, and for the club itself, I've got the rookie in there do as well in his position. You've got to say they have done certain things going the right direction. We're going to see a lot more of the documentary as well in the summer when it does get released of what the actual plan, what this actual process, in the word the process. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see a lot more of the breakdown of it, what it actually is more than just a word, as in what what their plan was from the second they hired him to this point, and actually. If we were, if obviously, because come the end of like the final episode of that series, if we were to get the uh, back in the Champions League, the like here 
But I want to hear the likes of the uh, Joss and Edu and all that say, and even Arteta say, well, well, next now we've done this, it's now we kick on. Now we actually go we're a year ahead of our project, our process, in terms of being where we wanted to be. We're gonna, we're gonna actually step up now and actually try and get ourselves competing for the not mm. winning the type, but actually competing. Do what Liverpool did. This is what I was saying last night. Do what Liverpool did. They qualified for the Champions League for the first time in 2017 for a few years. And instead of just going, oh, that's enough now. Okay, um, we'll just keep trying to trying to qualify for that and no, do nothing more. And then our city to just dominate the league. They went, no, we're going to actually go out there and step up and make the right moves going forward to put us in a position where where they, where they are now, where they're going toe to toe, week in, week out, and pushing City all the way every season for the league title and for the European, even the European Cup as well. If if I, if I hear that and I then see that next season, you, you've got to say, you know what, they are doing the right things. Then they're clearly they, they're holding their hands up. You've got to remember that there's a lot of mess. It, it falls at the concrete feet because they allowed it to get to this point in the first place. Got, if they are starting to realise they made the mistakes and they're trying to right the wrongs of that and they actually do do that in the right right in the right way, sorry. And we start we are in the next year or two start competing for the title and the European Cup and etc. You've got to take your hat, hats off to them and say, Well, okay, you realize you realise you messed up. Thank you for realising that and getting us back to where we need where we deserve to be. Because I don't yeah, want I mean, to be the what we've seen may not the Tottenham just qualifying for Europe, that's good enough sort of thing. I mean, to be fair to Arteta, he said that himself several times. He said that the aim is to get this club back to where they belong, challenging for the biggest titles. I can remember him saying that quite recently. Mm. Um, we haven't heard, you know, the Cronkies themselves. Well, maybe, no, I don't I'm know. Saying, we yeah. have to listen back to maybe some of the, what Josh has said in the past. I can't quite remember, but... Arteta is openly said that a few times that that's his aim. But yeah. he's not he he's not just wants us to get back in the top four and that's it. But yeah, I mean actions speak louder than words a lot of the time anyway. So because we heard all this under sorry but interrupt we heard this under Wenger as well in terms of what the Cronkies that always put out the PR we want to be competing they put they use Wenger as a mouthpiece to say we want to we want to win the titles we want to do this we want to but never actually. Following through that, and what was it? The, mm. fa- the infamous transfer window where it was a six months before um, Alexis left, and Wenger wanted a replacement in in that summer before he let uh, Sanchez go. And Pat, rumors are that Stan said, well, you, "Okay, you can get rid of him, but you have to, what you what you get for him, you you, you can that's what, that's your limit. Basically, you can't overspend." So sort of. You, you can only, um, sell to, sell the sell the buy basically was at the time. It's just like, mm. and that irks me because that was again for all the thoughts that Wenger had. That was one of the major nafs that I had with the club at the time that they threw him under the bus a lot. He's, and at the time we took took it, and I think that's another reason why he's never been back because he knows that. Mm. Mm. No, absolutely. It's going to be absolutely fascinating summer. I keep I said this about previous summer windows and so on about it being one mm. of the most interesting and exciting ones coming up but I've, after everything that's happened and the players that we brought in last summer and the 
the sort of the fruits of this labor started to bear fruit if you like mm. now um it's going to be even more fascinating as to sort of which route they go down now this time um because uh you know it's it's absolutely critical especially if we get well either way whether we get top four or we don't mm. it's going to be just as interesting as to which way they go i mean are, are they going to properly push the boat out if we get top four yeah that's to, to really really sort of push on or if we don't get top four and we can't go for those top end players who want champions league football are they going to go young again or are they going to try and get a bit more experience as well i don't know it's, it's going to be fascinating um which way they go but um again for, sorry from what we're hearing as well transfer rumors wise obviously zayzus tiedemans neves they are seem to, even though these players like we're naming are still young the premier league proven they've got a few years experience as well so oh, yeah. they have to look yeah. at the experience side of things and adding as we say we've been saying for a while now core experienced players into the squad yeah i like the names that have been bandied around quite a, quite a lot i think they're, they're the right type of quality mm. i mean we're talking about players at Ossiman um as well and uh yeah. tammy bringing tammy abraham back and and things like that and they're, they're all the right type of age profile but the right type of player as well if you look at yeah. look at them in a bit more depth i mean obviously if, you, if you've got someone like jesus and then accompanied him with someone like Abraham who's got really a lot of height or Ossiman mm. who's also yeah, a really tall player and powerful player um mm. Cody Gakpo another really brilliant bright young talent that's um that you've identified before they go supernova so that's before mm. you can't afford them you know bringing them in before anyone else fought, you exactly yeah I love that type of thing. It's it's all quite exciting stuff. So just hope that they thought, you know, it's all followed through with and it turns out to be, you know, no smoke without fire talks. Sorry, in there, like you say about the uh, having different options and all that, people might, like the younger generation might not know, but the, invent, the, like the double the early 2000s and your double winning and the 02 and the 0304 season team. Look, look, we had Henri, Burkamp, Viltor, and Kanu, all different types of centre forward mm. strikers in their own right. None, they, neither of them were like for like. They're all no. different. But it's yeah. Exactly. And before that, we even had players like Davos Shuker and stuff as, as well, yeah. who uh, they, they brought in. Nicholas so, Milker, Ian Wright, Christopher Ray. Ali Adier yeah. was a young player coming, yeah. coming through that we brought in at a young age. And stuff he was there around that sort of time as well to fall mm. back on so yeah all interesting stuff but i go moving forward to the next game again against west ham it's i don't want to sound too sort of positive for it because anything can happen but don't get too it's very encouraging that they've got no no fit central defenders whatsoever they're only fit Available defense, not even available. The fit defender they've got is suspended, so it's like, yeah, it couldn't work. It couldn't have worked out better for us, but we've got to take the advantage of that. I yeah. think with Eddie, if we keep this is the time where we've got to stick with Eddie as well. Not not just oh, we've had, he's had two games now. Bring Naka back in. No, keep keep with Eddie because he still caused problems for that West Ham makeshift defense. Definitely, and he he had a re without scoring, he had a really good game yeah, against Man United again. I think yeah, yeah, he put a shift in, got involved, got stuck in. You couldn't really complain. 
No. My only, my, the only thing was obviously that one that one shot where he hit it straight at De Gea. If he hits at either side of De Gea, that's that's a goal itself. But that wasn't. You know what I liked about that though? He was in. He was in the right place, and yeah, he right he right pa- he pounced on it straight away. He was mm. like like lightning, pounced on it straight away, and he hit it really well. He mm. hit it too well, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, target. on target, straight. <laughs> but he, if he just slightly caught it with one side of the foot or the other, it would have gone either side of the goalkeeper. He yeah. hit it. He hit it too cleanly, but he was in. But oh, this is why I said about. Lacazette wouldn't have scored that. He wouldn't have been in that position to take that ball. No. Eddie was in the box, ready and making a movement and making the run to get it. And that's, and that's why I'm saying stick with Eddie because he has got he has got that youthful pace with him as well, where he can read hold the line when he when, it, when he needs to, quick to put the pace on to get in the right area at the right time. But if we've staying on the side at the same time and getting in behind and getting the shot off, it's no coincidence either that. Um... Erdegaard has looked a lot better in the mm. last two games since he's come into the team. Eddie. Yeah. Because he's got someone to pass to finally yeah. who's making runs. And that ball that uh, Erdegaard played to Eddie when he got that mm. shot off was absolutely orgasmic. It was sublime, that ball that he played. Well, even the ball leading up to the penalty where he was passing it and obviously the soccer, but obviously Eddie's, Eddie was on the other, just down the middle as well. So yeah, it's cool. again because it's obviously players are now. It's not just over the edit; it's other players as well. But they're not all they're not all just trying to fill the gap. They're actually holding their positions and making the runs. It's making other guys job a lot easier. And I think the, yeah. again, the players were the players that we're being linked with. They they were to come in striker wise. That will continue. Yeah, absolutely. But I, th- th- I think that's why it shows that it was possibly the right call to bring in Eddie mm. rather than what a lot of people were clamoring for which was to keep to, to play Mar- uh, Martinelli through the middle mm. because Martinelli isn't a natural centre forward whereas Eddie is yeah and Martinelli's obviously much more effective still playing from the left I've always maintained that I'd rather I, th- I think he could do a job down the middle you no know, because he's got the talent and the ability but I just think that uh, how many times have we mentioned about keeping round pegs in round holes rather than trying to fit other people into different areas? I think keep people in their most comfortable jobs and you'll get better results. And I think Eddie being an out-and-out goal scorer, striker with pace, running through the middle, has pretty much transformed the, the way that we've played in the last two games. And um be interesting to see, actually, because... It's it's apparent that an Arteta came out after the game, didn't he? Against um, I think it was it the last game against Man United, where he said that players mm-hmm. have been injured, been playing. There were four or five players were doubtful before the game. Yeah, and I think that um, Smith Rowe has been one of those players that has been suffering lately. Mm-hmm. He had a announced. I mean that we spoke on your show yesterday about this, the goal he scored against Chelsea, which was a probably one of my favourite goals of the season so far. <clears throat> and he was brilliant. But he was a lot more quieter again against Man United. Um, and whether he is still playing through this injury or not, I'd be interested to see whether that'll be a change coming into the uh, West Ham game, whether Martinelli will get his place back. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Oh, by the way, quickly, have, you, have we heard an update yet about Saka, about his injury? 
Nothing's been leaked out yet from the club. No, the club ain't said nothing. So I'm just holding out, saying that's a good thing. I'm hoping. No good is the good news. Sorry, I just had to cough then. Yeah, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, because he'll be a massive loss. I mean, you, sort of, yeah. I think if it was any sort of knock, we've seen the club come out straight away within like hours after a game saying there'll be a cess, but it's not looking. What was it, Partey? Mm. It doesn't look good, but it's going to be assessed. We'll let you know. We've heard nothing so far, Touchwood. No, it, it's almost a little bit concerning. Even if they don't say, yeah, Saka's all right, you can breathe again, you know, type of, uh, <laughs> type of tweet. Uh, normally, they might sort of put a cheeky little photo out of, yeah. of training with Saka with a big smile on his face or something, and with I mean, like, was, look who's training type thing. Yeah, you know. I, was at, I was there at the game as well, and I was at the end, I was at the North Bank, so obviously, where he's walking around after he got subbed, he wasn't limping, limping, but obviously, he was, you could tell he was shattered from the actual game itself, and after previous, uh, obviously, Wednesday as well, it all caught up with him in that sense. It wasn't actually, he didn't look like he was injured, he, wasn't, he didn't need help walking off or anything like that. No. So, touch wood, as I say. Yeah. yeah even, I, mean, lost, I think if we if we lost him now for a couple even for a couple of weeks, that could be again huge for the top yeah. four mates. Yeah, definitely. Because he 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 was one that was mentioned by Arteta, wasn't he? To say that he he was a doubt before the game, but he really wanted to play. So we let you know basically we just let him play and see how we get get on. That's what it sounded like a little bit. But yeah, he's the type of player though that will play through the pain barrier I think a lot of these young players that we've got now are um, showing that type, right type of character that we're all looking for moving forward basically mm. so going into that game it'll be quite interesting to see who he puts up against this makeshift West Ham defence to be honest and I'll go for I'll rest Smith as you say I'll personally put Smith on the bench rest him for that six, at least 60 odd minutes mm. and see how things go and just hitting for obviously assuming Saka's uh, available and all that. Saka, Eddie, and Martin Eddie down all all three of them in the attack. Another yeah. guy in behind, and just hitting for pace on all sides. Yeah. Just to see what we can do with them. I would love for that Cresswell to not play either because he's a right bastard. Every time we come up against yeah. him, he's, I remember him being really snidey and you know doing some terrible tackles. I think it was on Tierney. Uh, 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 no, no, it wasn't Tierney. It's the wrong side. Um, uh, Pepe. Yeah, Pep. That's right. Of course, it was. It was Pepe. Three one when Lundberg was in charge. Yeah. 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 So he's been a bit of a bastard to us in the past, and I don't want mm. you know, him kicking Saka. Um, Thanks for if you're watching. Take can you take Aaron Creswell out, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know whether he was injured um, recently. I, I know he did went go off. Um, in a recent game for them, but uh, that'll be a nice miss for them as well, to be honest. But yeah, we could do with Frankfurt getting a good positive result against them, couldn't we? So that um, West Ham really have to save some players for the second leg a few days after our game. Hmm. Because if, if West Ham got a real big win against them, they could quite comfortably rest oh, players for that yeah. game and play a, 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 the best strength oh. team they could play against us. I think it's still. I think it's. I think that because Frankfurt, we've just seen them knock out Barca as well. I think that's the first leg. Either it'll either be a still, it'll either be a draw level draw still, or it'll be like one goal in it. Like yeah. 
It's a shame that the first leg isn't away as well, so West Ham would have had all the travel mm. to deal with before our game. But uh, well, I can't have everything. But the good thing, like I say, we're quite lucky in the respect that they've got no fit defenders to choose from, um, no available defenders mm. to choose from. So we just, like you said, really got to exploit that as much as we possibly can. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, what you got coming up this week then, mate? Uh, do I think I've got, what was it, the preview for the West End game on Friday night? Uh, around 7.30, 8 o'clock. What's to sort that out? Uh, last Friday, and then obviously Saturday, match of the day stream. Go f- keep up, keep up to date with all everything that goes on on Saturday's games, and then Sunday it's double Arsenal. Uh, Watson, I've got the Arsenal women playing Villa in the versus WSL title for they to play before they play their North London derby next week, and then straight within a half hour later it's Arsenal versus obviously uh, West Ham. We've got, got, got cover that as well, and obviously if you're available for either one. Because I know obviously Sunday's a money, money yeah. so if you're available, obviously you're more than welcome to join us. Got Liam with us as well for that. And if you if you don't know, come to the channel and see Liam celebrate a goal. It's worth it. Just worth it. That's worth the subscribing. That. Yeah, not <laughs> not case. Definitely. Just a tad. It gets you. I'm honestly, if you are of a, a stressful disposition, then you're probably best to stay away. From watching Liam supporting <laughs> Arsenal live, <laughs> but if you find that sort of thing funny, then yeah, definitely join in and, and watch. Um, but yeah, it's a good one, but yeah, so look forward to all that stuff coming up then. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you all back here on this channel next week. I just want to say thank you to George, um, for earlier as well. And uh, I'll remember to put a link to his channel after the show. Um, in the show notes so yeah. go and give him a subscribe give ryan a subscribe obviously if you haven't done so already which is the unlikely but if you haven't give him a subscribe and yeah we look forward to seeing you all next week and for that take care and come on you gunners thank you for listening to from dial square to air Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel, and whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit.